What's up, champs? Welcome to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I am your host, Ben Burnett, and joining me, as always, your other host, Mr. E. Lewis Ezekiel. Lewis, my pal, my bud, my friend, how are you this fine, fine Tuesday evening? I'm doing great. You know, we're starting to, you know, you can tell the fantasy season is is heading into that final stretch. I saw the sun this morning rising <laughs> when I got into school, which was, you know, a nice thing. It kind of smells like spring out here. A lot of the snow is melting. So I know there's going to be a lot more. It's, it's, you know, winter's never done in Michigan until we get that April snow. But, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic for the changing of the seasons here. Hell yeah, my guy. It's, uh, it- it's a snow and then not snow in uh, in just repeated intervals on the east coast of Canada. But yeah, some days feels like snow or some days feels like winter. Some days feels like uh, April feels like May. Uh, that's just February, I guess. But let's get into the fantasy hockey analysis and, and chat about the latest headlines in the fantasy hockey world. And to do that, I think what we want to do to start, Lewis, is kind of a uh, rehash some some stuff we talked about last week. I know that uh, this will be probably like the fourth or fifth uh, episode of a Keeping Carlson podcast feed show to mention Tyler Toffoli, but another update since uh, since Brian and Elon mentioned him on Sunday's mega show. Um, I'm going to hand this one off to you, my friend. Why don't you give us the the notes on on sort of. We wanted to go back and look at a few things that we had touched on last week and and just sort of update the folks on on how things have shaked out, shaken out. Yeah. And, you know, the Toffoli discussions will continue until more interesting trades are made. So we're stuck until uh, until we see some more uh, interesting stuff shake down. But, um, yeah, just, you know, uh, Toffoli was still on line one, but he did get some time on power play one. So that was one thing that we were looking for and hoping to see from him. He did manage to score an empty net goal. So not exactly the kind of production, you know, it's obviously every goal counts the same in terms of fantasy. Um, but, you know, uh, maybe you'd rather see it happen in live game action before you really want to put your faith in him. But uh, I know Brian and Elon were kind of out on Toffoli. I think I'm still in a little bit. They were kind of dismissive on the on the Sunday show, and I understand where they're coming from. But uh, if he is going to get that power play one opportunity, I think that still indicates that, you know, he's working his way up. Maybe he can get onto that line, too, also. How, how are you feeling on Toffoli here uh, as we sort of follow this drama? Yeah, I mean, seeing him on the uh, on the top power play unit the other day was a, was really exciting for me. Um, and so I'm uh, I'm in. I, I, I you know what? I actually really agreed with them over the weekend that he's not really a hold. I, I, I was I was in the same place as them, given the information that we had at the time. But seeing him on that top power play over the weekend kind of has reinvigorated my my approach. I'm definitely not saying you need to hold on to Tyler Toffoli. There are reasons why you might want to why you why you might need to cut bait. And you know, we talked about a few players last week that I was interested in: uh, Dodonov, Brassois, uh, Toffoli. I don't really have an issue with with teams in shallower leagues cutting bait on any of those guys. Or in the cases of the Knights, I think that. Those two are droppable and pretty much anywhere. But Toffoli to me is still somebody who you could see having some value uh, if he's able to hold on to that top power play unit. So for now, I'm I'm not out all the way on Toffoli. But yeah, it's uh you know three and a half minutes on power play one is a lot better than what he was getting before, and that means that 
as after starting both of the first two games playing about 12 minutes with the flames he added three and a half minutes on the power play and uh yeah he finished with 1540 so just 12 and 10 basically the same amount of time exactly as the first two games plus three and a half minutes on the power play so i don't know uh, things could keep going up right i guess i don't know maybe i'm just talking myself yeah. into circles no, those are quality minutes, and I think uh, I think it might be a reason why uh, I would I would lean towards hanging on to him and seeing how things go for a little while longer. Um, another uh, couple guys that we were talking about last week are Jeremy Swayman and Linus Olmark. Uh, Olmark had a pretty uninspiring loss uh, against the fairly low scoring New York Islanders, uh, and Swayman went out and shut down Colorado. Now, to be fair. All of, you know, Boston was just outplaying Colorado all over the ice. They really, uh, were way ahead in shots until kind of score effects started to come into play with Colorado down big. But Swayman played really well. He had 28 stops, only allowed one power play goal to Nathan McKinnon. Uh, if that's all you let Colorado have, you're having yourself a pretty good night there. Uh, and suddenly, you know, we see Swayman, uh, taking the lion's share of starts here, uh, having gotten four of the last five games. Um, so, you know, if, uh, unfortunate, definitely if you were someone who sort of dropped him when he went down, uh, to the AHL after Rask came back. Um, but if you were able to jump on him after that Rask retirement announcement, you're feeling pretty good about yourself at this moment. Uh, and it might be interesting to see if he can possibly go in kind of a whoso direction, um, where he's able to, uh, you know, start taking more shots, even though you've, or getting more starts, I should say, uh, even though you've got the other goalie as the higher paid contract guy. I'm learning, I'm learning that maybe there are some coaches out there and maybe there are some situations where, uh, it's not all just about the contract and it might be worth, uh, you know, seeing what some of these guys, uh, can do and the coaches might be willing to give them a little more leash contract or no. Absolutely. I think that Swayman is a guy I'm, Definitely intrigued by, I mean, I compared the situation in Boston to the one that has been there the past few years with the Halak and Rask situation. And I was kind of dismissive of Swayman for that reason, just because we've seen Bruce Cassidy defer to the 50-50 start model uh, in the very recent past, even, you know, to start this season. I'm not convinced that they go away from that for long, but the fact that Swayman has gotten so much that, you know, the fact that Cassidy has gone with the hot hand at all is very intriguing in the short term. So not convinced it's, it's here forever, but definitely interested while it is here for now. So besides Huso, we've also seen another young goalie, maybe seize control of the number one spot in a goal crease. And that would be in Dallas with uh, Jake Ettinger um, seeming to lock down uh, that number one spot, at least for the time being, and playing extremely well. Um, between Swayman at 58% owned and Ettinger at 64% owned, who would you feel a little more confident about grabbing if they happen to be lying around in free agency in your league? It's kind of a coin flip for me right now. I guess I think that Ettinger has more opportunity just because I I still have those you know those remnants of fear that Boston reverts to its it's 50-50 split, and Allmark, to me, represents a bit more of a threat than Braden Holtby, but I wouldn't you know, put any sort of money down unless you were giving me very nice odds one way or the other. 
Sure. And uh, I guess as much as I love to hear myself talk, you actually summed up what I wanted to say pretty well. I think I would give a slight edge to Ettinger. I think there's, you know, a good reason that he's whatever, 6% more owned. Um, you know, I do think that, yeah, there, there's less of a threat that he loses that spot. So I think we can uh, move along from them. But I think that, uh, yeah, I'm one with you on that observation. Well, let's go to Minnesota next, where we wanted to chat about an injury. Matt Zuccarello out tonight. Marcus Felino jumps on line one with Ryan Hartman and Capril Capriza. Capril. I mean, Kirill, of course, Caprizov. Uh, and uh, as I look at my score sheet, I now have uh, Marcus Felino has made an enemy for life with me because Caprizov has not yet scored and we're halfway through the third. So, uh, you know, get it together here, Felino. I blame you for dragging my boy Caprizov down with you. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, hopefully Zook is okay. Obviously, he's been out to an outstanding year. Um, big loss, especially coming so close to puck drop. Um, I was one of, I'm sure, a number of people who were not able to move him into injured reserve before the game started. Uh, certainly, yeah, could hurt that top line with the chemistry that Zuccarello and Kaprizov have had together. Uh, might be a good opportunity for Kevin Fiala, who will get some uh, unit one power play time. Uh, he's got a goal here on Tuesday night. So, um, you know, a nice little spot for him. But yeah, I, I would not be rushing to go out and grab Marcus Foligno. I don't think uh, he's not going to, you know, be someone necessarily who is going to be, um, you know, when you've got Hartman and uh, Kaprizov out there, I think he's definitely the third option, uh, even with Hartman being sort of a relative, uh, relatively recent riser uh, in terms of being someone with some offensive upside. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't grab uh, Felino if you are um, like if you're in a league where he hasn't really been rostered all season. If you're in a deeper league and he's been dropped because he's been cold lately, he might represent. Like I, I was giving him a hard time, and I appreciate you kind of uh, bringing me back down to earth and and mentioning Zook. And uh, of course, I hope he's okay. One of my favorite little lizards in the league. Um, but Marcus Felino is a guy who his banger stats make him quite valuable in deeper leagues. And he did have a pretty solid start to the year. Like 17 goals is probably more than I thought he would have on the full season uh, or around where I thought he might finish this year. So for him to have put that up so far through like 40 games or whatever, it's been a very nice little season for Marcus Foligno. So deeper leagues, I'm not uninterested. All right, Ben. Uh, How about another uh, outchery that we can talk about here? A big one in New Jersey. Absolutely. One of my favorite boys, Dougie Hamilton, the museum lover, is apparently back in the lineup or expected to be back in the lineup Thursday night when the Devils hit the ice. Uh, Dougie Hamilton has been out for, I I think, about four weeks now with a broken jaw. Um, He's ready to come back and spit that fire through the wire. Uh, Could be nice for Hughes and Heashier and the entire Devils power play. Um, probably curtains for Damon Severson, who should have been dropped ahead of this past uh, last week. I think when the, the devils have had just two games, uh, this week and then two games the week before. So Severson probably shouldn't have been still on rosters prior to this, but if you have been holding on to him, uh, now is a good reminder, drop Damon. Yeah, you know, he had a nice little run in there and always nice to see somebody step up when you lose uh, a big player like Hamilton. But I think uh, the big news here is definitely that Hamilton uh, owners will be able to breathe a big sigh of relief as uh, the big defenseman gets back into play. And yeah, hopefully uh, covering up that that face a little bit, making sure he stays safe. 
and just as we have one defender in red and white coming back, we have one who is exiting. Uh, Tony D'Angelo uh, left the game on Monday with an upper body injury not long into it, uh, and that opened up an opportunity for Jacob Slavin. Slavin was mentioned by Brian and Elon on the Sunday Mega Show. Uh, he already had seven points in the previous eight games, counting Monday's game. Uh, played 29 minutes in that Monday game with TDA's early exit. Uh, he notched an assist and played 83% of the available power play minutes. Uh, D'Angelo has been on pace for 32 power play points. And while Slavin doesn't have that same rep as a power play specialist, he is slotting in as the quarterback of the sixth best power play in the league. And he's likely to get in on some of that action. Uh, there aren't many, if any, power play one defensemen just lying around on waiver wires. Uh, so while Slavin is rostered in 62% of leagues, uh, that does mean there's about a third of leagues out there there where he still can be grabbed and you should definitely be jumping on him. I think that's a great opportunity, uh, at least for the next little while until we see, uh, the extent of D'Angelo's injury. Uh, and that number should certainly climb, uh, at least for the remainder of the week here. Uh, since that's a, a very nice opportunity uh, for a guy who already was producing quite well without that power play one deployment. I don't even know. Uh, I, I would be shocked to see it climb too much further because I feel like if you're rostered in 62% of leagues before an injury like this, what league? what leagues are you really not like who is not paying attention before that will be interested now anyway that's neither here nor there really for our fantasy hockey uh, <laughs> podcast but just a, a thought about that. I definitely see your point, but uh, yeah, it's worth maybe checking to see if he's uh, out there lying around. I was able to uh, find him in in one of my uh, shallower leagues, so uh, excited to be able to toss him in, especially since uh, I was the D'Angelo owner uh, who now has to put him on injured reserve. Coming up, we are going to chat about a couple of players who have been hot, a few more who have been cold. You're listening to Short Shifts. All right, and Ben, I want to take a second here to talk to you about HelloFresh, our sponsor for this week's episode. Uh, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Uh, you can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes for satisfying and nutritious meals that you can feel good about with six recipes per week to choose from, including low-calorie and carb-conscious options. Uh, it's always nice to be able to go on there and kind of balance, you know, uh, what particular flavors do we want? What can we get that's going to be kind of a healthy meal? You know, as we're heading out of our winter hibernation, it's been nice to uh, get a little more active and we're thinking a bit more about keeping ourselves healthy. We had a really good uh, Korean barbecue pork the other day. Uh, really, really good uh, sesame seeds and uh, green onions and all that good stuff. HelloFresh cuts back on time spent in the kitchen with meals ready in around 30 minutes or less. It's really nice. I can get home from work. Uh, you know, I get out a little before my wife does, so I'm able to get home and get things going and she can come in the door and I've looked like I have, you know, been working away really hard and I, uh, you know, it makes me look good. HelloFresh does, uh, to have them come, have my wife come home and, and I've got a nice meal on the table. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash KeepingK16 and use code KeepingK16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash KeepingK16 and use that code KeepingK16 for up to 16 free meals and free gifts. If you want to be the one who your significant other or spouse or just yourself uh, you know, can impress uh, whoever is in your life uh, with your cooking talents there. 
with delicious meals that you can make quickly and make you look like a really good cook, it's no wonder that HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Welcome back to Short Shifts. And Lewis, I want to start on a team that no one's really given a, a, a thought about for a few months now. And uh, we mentioned them, you know, as an afterthought, talking about teams with new coaches recently. Um, and And we sort of talked about how even though there was no clear winner of the Martin St. Louis hire, there was no clear winner of Tyler Toffoli being traded. We, we were waiting to sort of see how lines shook out. We thought that perhaps there might be an opportunity for players to build on the new coach bump and to take advantage of the new opportunity. And it looks like the top line in Montreal since Toffoli's absence is really starting to click Cole Caulfield. Josh Anderson and Nick Suzuki combined for three goals against the Leaf. The Leafs Monday night brought back the magic from last year's playoff run. Uh, Caulfield has gone hot all of a sudden with three goals and six points in his last three games. Five of his six goals on the season have come in the past six games. When I look at the numbers, I definitely see it as a shooting regression back to the norm rather than you know a player suddenly unlocking. 70 80 point potential this season but if Caulfield can keep confident and the rest of that line can sort of you know find some chemistry find something to find something to a way to play together under St. Louis I could see them all being fantasy relevant the rest of the season so you know Josh Anderson has been you know as usual the best version of himself with with all the shots all the hits lately nice to see all three of those guys putting up points if they are available in deeper leagues by now, I, I think you should start to uh, to get them onto your roster and and see if the see if the hot streak continues long enough to make a difference for you in the playoff home stretch. Yeah, definitely. I think you just triggered the whole parent class of people who listen to this episode with a Daniel Tiger find a way to play together. Um, that definitely was was my immediate reaction. Um, but yeah, I think that's really great for that top line. I think it's cool for Cole Caulfield, who probably, you know, spent his time growing up being, you know, com- you know pa- compared to Marty St. Louis or, or, you know, being told to watch his game and sort of see how he plays. So it's cool to have them uh, now united together. Uh, you know, uh, Josh Anderson has always been a fave rave of mine. One of the first things I wrote when we kind of started working together before we were podcasting and we were writing stuff uh, for like the the Cupful fan magazine was writing about Josh Anderson. So I think it's awesome that uh, he's caught some fire here and hopefully he keeps it going, although don't love that I'm up against him this week. But yeah, you know, it's exciting to have Montreal on this three game win streak and just sort of have things be, you know, have some optimism there. Uh, for a team that, you know, lest we forget, made it all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals last year, uh, improbably though it may have been. Uh, so yeah, I think uh, it's great to see this little run that they've put together. Uh, and yeah, some some positive regression for Cole Caulfield was definitely uh, something that we had hoped for and seemed to be in the cards. But, you know, uh, it took that coaching change maybe to unlock it and have it come along. Yeah, that makes sense to me, Lewis. Why don't you take us on to our next streak? All right. Uh, so here's another hot player who's out there at only 41% rostered. Adrian Kempe, I think, makes for an appealing ad that could be worth streaming at least for the three remaining games this week and beyond. 
I suspect his reduced ownership is in part due to the break that LA saw from February 2nd to the 15th, but with five points in the last two games, I think you should be taking advantage of your league's inattentiveness if he is still lying around in free agency. Kempe's been tied to Kopitar for most of the season, and he's getting in on the lion's share of available power play minutes. Uh, And while his 16.5% shooting percentage is the highest of his career, even if he does start regressing down towards the mean a bit, he's shooting three times a game on average, up 0.7 shots per game from his previous career best. Uh, So hopefully some of that increased shot volume should help float his value, even if he starts converting closer to his career average of around 11%. Besides the three remaining games this week, the Kings play four times next week, including visits to Columbus and Buffalo. Uh, so definitely someone who has a lot of value in terms of volume and has a lot of value in terms of deployment. Uh, I was pretty surprised to see how limited his you know ownership was given his recent really nice uh, run of production. Yeah, I'm quite surprised to see Adrian Kempe's roster ship numbers so low. A guy who was really hot at times last year and then would go extremely cold. And then all of a sudden you would see those shot numbers start to tick up. You'd see like a seven-shot game, a three-shot game, a six-shot game, a four-shot game. Um, and then he'd start peppering the net, and the you would see the Kings accelerate his uh, his minutes or move him up the lineup, throw him on the top power play once in a while, give him top-line minutes. And this year, he has been able to keep that top-line deployment and top power play deployment through the entire season, which has been fantastic to see. So Adrian Kempe, a guy who... You know, on pace for 60 points, no reason to me that he shouldn't be rostered in in all 14 team leagues and probably a fair number of 12 team leagues, too, especially those that reward shots. Three shots per game is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that that shooting number, I think, really stood out to me. And and as a big reason why I think uh, we should have some faith in him, you know, yes, probably shooting too hot right now, but still uh, can can float that value a little bit with uh, with that increased shooting that he's been doing lately. All right, Lewis, we have uh, one more segment here tonight, and we wanted to chat about a couple of players down in Tampa Bay. Uh, why don't you tell us about our last cold streak tonight? Sure. So, uh you know, one reason we haven't been talking Tampa that much is because they really have not played very much at all. Uh, and they only have two games this week. And uh, a couple of players I want to discuss were Andre Palat and Anthony Sorelli. Uh, each of those guys is mired in a slump of one point in the last five games. Uh, in the most recent game, Stamkos, Kucherov, and Point played together as Tampa Bay overloaded that top line uh, in their game way back on the 15th. And the, while the latest practice lines do show Palat back uh, with Point and Cooch, Sorelli was way down on line four with uh, Ross Colton and Radish. Uh, Palat may be worth holding on to with that line one deployment if you've waited this long, but I think Sorelli at this point should be waiver fodder. He's you know had some bursts of brilliance this season, um, but I think that overall you know uh, not worth holding on through this you know extended. Uh, segment especially if he's going to be down in uh fourth line deployment uh, and not getting anything on the power play uh you know palat may be worth holding um because they do have a nice schedule next week um 
you know, it's unfortunate that he's not participating a ton of offense at even strength, um, but he's getting power play two deployment and hopefully uh, being reunited with those top guns on line one could be helpful. He might be an appealing hold just because Tampa plays four times uh, next week, including games against Ottawa, Detroit, and Chicago. So there should be some opportunities to score. Just remains to see whether uh, Palat will be one of the people getting in on some of those goals. Yeah, it's um, this is kind of what we thought might happen when Nikita Kucherov came back, right? And and the Bolts have shown that they're not really committed to holding Palat in that top line, top power play spot that he thrived in in 2021. So I think that he's a guy who, yeah, he's gonna. There will be hot streaks because he's playing with two of the best players in the world at even strength, but not somebody who you need to hold on to. Fortunately, he does give you the back-end stats uh, when he is in the lineup typically, but somebody who I'm happy to stream out if there's somebody hot on the waiver wire. You know, a guy like Matt Boldy, we've gotten a lot of questions about the past couple days, and I would say in most situations, the the solution has been add Matt Boldy. Um, but, you know, hit us up if there are, if there are questions that you have about your waiver wire and, and guys who you're considering dropping or, or picking up to uh drop Palat. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's he sometimes can be one of the more boring players uh to hold in fantasy, but you know, the opportunity that he has there, especially with next week's schedule, I think, does make him someone that you, you know, maybe want to hold on to for a little while longer or could even run out and grab if he's been dropped in your league. All right, Lewis. That is all the time that we have for tonight's show. For myself, Ben Burnett, thanks so much for listening. And uh Lewis, thanks so much for hanging out with me. Yeah, always a pleasure. Great to be back uh, to start a new week here. And uh, thank you, all of our listeners, for joining us. Please make sure you are subscribing on your podcast app so you always get an update when there's a new episode. You can follow us on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK, as well as Brian and Elon at Keeping Carlson. Dave Benton of the Stream Scheme can be found at NHL Stream Scheme. I also recommend you follow at Game Day Lines, at Game Day Goalies, and at Game Day News for all of your up to the moment. Uh, items of interest you can visit the great sites where we research our episodes at yahoo frozen tools natural stat trick uh, and our intro and outro music was created by pat roach and until we see you next time play smart and keep your shifts short